Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy before we start our first hype episode of 2022 we have our first patreon birthday of 2022 so a super happy birthday to Madalena we hope you have just the best day ever thank you so much for your support and your engagement you are awesome so again happy birthday we hope you have an awesome week yes happy birthday love you in this episode we of course are going to be talking about the new scream movie which is funny because, you know, even in the film, they acknowledge, is it Scream 5? Is it just Scream? And they kind of make fun of themselves, yes. which Scream has been known for for forever, you know. Exactly. But I always love when they do it either way because they talk about the Stab movies and there's like a Stab 8 coming out or something, but it's just Stab. Right, right. And so this is just Scream. It's not Scream 5. It's just Scream. So it'll kind of be like like scream 2022 you know <laughs> right like, like halloween 2018 yeah, yeah exactly or like child's play or mm-hmm. even it you know you had to differentiate the it 2017 versus the it right. 1992 i think it was or 1990 so it's just it's just another one of those things you know and this definitely still felt very scream you know you get a little worried because you you bring back original cast members sure but they're not the main plot anymore mm-hmm. which I didn't know that going into it, but they make that clear right from the beginning. Yes, they make a big deal out of it that this is basically, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is the start of a new Scream series entirely, taking out Nev Campbell and David Arquette, because, uh, spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah, and Courtney but, Fox. And... Yeah, taking out all those original characters, because they literally mention that, that this is, you know, this is about you now. It's not about Nev Campbell. This is not about the original cast it's all about the new people and how are we going to start a new you know franchise well you know the fans get mad at this so we can't do it this way they they've definitely talked about all that because we have our randy character in the the person that knows all about horror and it's actually like his niece and nephew Mm -hmm. mostly his niece that know all about horror and it's really good oh yeah yeah what scream does really well is they set themselves up for success in that way of being kind of a I would say you know a spoof on horror films in a way even though yeah. it's still like very are, much a slasher but right but how are you going to get mad at them when they literally put it in your face that they know that what they did was weird like the fact yeah you know, is it scream is it scream five exactly exactly and that's why I think that pretty much every scream film has been successful like obviously there are ones that don't hit as much as the other ones but what's interesting is if you kind of research into fandom you won't really find a general consensus on like which is the worst one because everyone has their own cult following or mm-hmm. cult fans whereas let's just say you just look at the halloween franchise there are definite flops you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm not Absolutely. even just talking about season of the witch right that that we all know that's michael one. myers like, yeah, yeah exactly we all know that you know three wasn't really in the michael mm-hmm. myers series but you know so this what scream does successfully is make a good film every time and i think a key component of it being a good film every time 
is it knows exactly what it's doing and it knows why it's doing it. And it has a really good, like, I guess, rhetoric to go behind it, you could say. Because if somebody were to reboot, I mean, we saw it with Halloween. Like, yeah, it was fine, but it was... Mm -hmm. Did we need it? No. And I'm not saying we needed this Scream film, but it was a lot of fun. Like, there were some definite issues here and there, but that's with every film. And, you know, I definitely felt better about walking out of this Scream than I did, like, Halloween 2018, for example. Absolutely. And we were a little nervous because, you know, this is a January horror movie and those tend to flop. But Mm -hmm. over... And there were some problems. There's some problems in every movie. There's some problems in especially slashers in every slasher that you know you almost love yelling at the screen for but right overall i really liked this movie it was super fun like the rest of the screen movies yep and even without wes craven which i think he was a big component of the success yes of but all the even, other ones they kind of like do a little send-off for him and i thought mm-hmm. that was really sweet too they note it at the end of the film like this is for wes but also one of their characters is named wes and when he dies they have like a party for him you know teenage party but it's definitely like a Wes send-off and I really loved how they did that yep and because it's an after death party for the character as well Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like toasting his death and it was they even have a banner up that says for Wes so they had an entire scene you know dedicated to sending off Wes Craven right which I thought was very sweet and still kept within the sense of the movie absolutely so I, I mean you know, we did, like I mentioned, have the original cast come back. Sydney Prescott is back. Dewey comes back. Gail Weathers is back. And, of course, they're all coming back to Woodsboro. Now, Dewey never left, but he did. It makes me sad because I really liked Dewey's character all throughout one through four. And him actually, even though he's like this goofy, doofy dude, being mm-hmm. the sheriff and taking it very seriously. And this one, you see that we've come back and they've actually asked him to retire. He's living in, you know, a very slummy trailer and he's not taking care of it. He's not taking care of himself. He clearly doesn't care what's happening to him. He's kind of bare minimum living and him and Gail Weathers have separated. And so it was kind of sad seeing that side of his character but it was very clear that this was kind of going to be redemption for him yeah it was also interesting because we've talked about it before but you know scream one they met scream two they were dating scream three they got married and you know they they did all these things with their actual relationship in real life courtney cox and david arquette during the scream movies so it was also kind of a sweet little separation that we had because those two people in real life are not together anymore so to see gail weathers and dewey not together anymore kind of it was a parallel it mirrored yeah and i'm sure that there are emotions that come with filming something with your ex-spouse too right you know so i'm sure that wasn't like i'm sure it wasn't they, they're professionals they can handle mm-hmm. it you know and we've seen this before like you know of actors having to do that jennifer carpenter and Michael C. Hall, when they were filming Dexter, got married and divorced, and you couldn't mm-hmm. really... I mean, it didn't read in the show, and this did not read... It read in the film in the way that it was heartbreaking, but not in the way that it was awkward seeing them on screen together. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, they they do... Gail went off to New York to be an anchor person, and he watches her every morning, which is sad, but... yeah, And uh, he did try to... You find out that he did try to go with her, but he just couldn't 
he did he, New York is not for everyone and it wasn't for him. Yeah, and when he finds out that Ghostface is back and trying to kill people again, he calls Sydney. And he's like, don't come. And she's like, I'm not planning on setting foot in that town ever again. But he fucking texts Gail. Like, first of all, you can't tell Gail not to come back. Like, she's gonna want to do a story about this. She's done a story about every other one of them. And you can't tell her shit. But then all he does is text her, like, don't come. Right. Dumb. Like, that's 100%. She oh will be God. there on the next flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, she shows up, of course. And she wants the story but also there's still that relationship dynamic between dewey and gail where they still care about each other but she's definitely there first and foremost she says to make sure dewey's okay but then obviously she's gonna want a story right exactly now i did like when we start this off we started off like every other scream movie and we're gonna kill our main character i did like this one because these girls fight a hell of a lot fucking harder and we mm-hmm. don't actually kill her. She actually makes it to the hospital. And the the stabs in this film were intense. Mm-hmm. They were really good. Like, the gore in this is good. Yep. And I mentioned to Kristen while we were watching it that Ghostface, no matter who's behind it, when Ghostface is just <laughs> Ghostface and you don't know, like, who he or it or her is, is such a badass slasher. Mm-hmm. Like, scary, but there's also this, like, aura of just like power i don't know because like obviously michael myers is scary but he's stalkerish and like with ghostface there's such like i don't know conviction behind Mm -hmm. it and there's two of them so it's like you can never know if you're actually going to make it out alive right there could be somebody else waiting for you on the other side of that door right right and i've always just felt like a little more like I don't know, riled up when Ghostface is killing than like when Jason is killing, for example. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess it's just more fun. Like Scream is just like, I sleep on Scream. I, re- I really do. Like every single time we review mm-hmm. one, I'm like, why don't I watch Scream more often? Like, why isn't that one of my staples? Like every Halloween, Same. I watch Halloween. And even when I don't really care for Friday the 13th, I'll pop it on because it, it's a classic slasher. Mm-hmm. I always forget about Scream for some fucking reason, even though I love it. It's just, I don't know. I, I guess it's just different. It's very separated from the other franchises because it's so unique in what they did yeah. with it. And it's so separated in time from the rest of them, too. Right. Like, it's it's so New. modern, quote-unquote, yeah, compared right. to the others. It still feels like it's not a classic, even though it was, like, in the 90s. Like, that's a while ago now. <laughs> yeah, but then when you're facing down, when you're staring down 1978 1981, and, mm-hmm. you know, it definitely feels... Because... And it also feels more relatable, because high school in the 90s and high school now, yes, they're very different, but especially on camera, like, they... they You could still... You can still feel it. And especially for millennials, because... Even though we weren't in high school in the 90s, we were still, like, in the first one going to blockbusters and things like mm-hmm. that, you know? So it was very modern. Whereas 1978, like, in Halloween, for example, feels like, you know... I, so far away. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even though it's it's not that old. But for especially for film, though, and the quickness of advancement mm-hmm. in technology in film... It is pretty vintage, you know. Definitely. Even within the Scream series, we watch mm-hmm. it go from, you know, the little handheld phone to now she has a cell phone. And now we have such technology that she is locking her doors with her phone and apps. Yeah. And, you know, we're watching Netflix. We're watching Stab on Netflix on our, our 
phones, laptops. Like yeah. mm-hmm. there's so much technology in this one that weren't that was not in the others, and that was only ten years ago was the last one. So yeah, and I like how that it. I like how it integrated it well because in the beginning, you know, a landline starts ringing and this is a Gen Z victim here or Gen Z cast that we're dealing with. And I'm like, even if their parents, you know, like nobody has a fucking landline anymore, but then they Mm -hmm. quickly just kind of get away from that. And that's when she starts locking her doors with her phone because they have like a smart house, you know, and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so it felt, uh, I like the way that they, still called back to the landline because she even made like a, like she was like the fucking landline is ringing like what the fuck you know and right in the mm-hmm. beginning and so and it was it was good because they also use it for more like tracking later like these two mm-hmm. this couple shares their location with each other but it's actually ghost face like Ugh, dumb <laughs> yes yes absolutely <laughs> especially like when you don't know who the killer is and you can't trust anyone. And the, actually the guy that gets killed in that scenario doesn't trust his girlfriend and thinks she's the killer yeah. is very smart until yeah. that point. Exactly. Exactly. Like right up until then, because he pisses her off and is like, you could be the killer when she's like wanting to go have sex somewhere and he, he doesn't want to be alone with her. Mm-hmm. Respect. Right. And it's also nice to see the guy in that, that, you know, it's, he's not pressuring the girl. Let's go have sex upstairs. It was nice to see that change. Right. It wasn't nag, 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 Mm -hmm. nag on the girl. Yeah. Which is another indication of the time change or the time difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot more modernized than just technology, like our, you know, societal ideals. Absolutely. I mean, even in the original Scream, we have Sydney being pressured by Billy to go farther than she wants the whole film. Yeah. Yep. And she wasn't the only one either. Like every single girl mm-hmm. in that is pretty much objectified. Right. And and that's another thing Scream also does well. There's not, you know, a ton of like, you don't watch it for, you know, a bunch of boobs and stuff. It's not like in your mm-hmm. face with the sexuality a ton, which... I like it's just got a very solid like slasher plot you know exactly but it brings in some of that social commentary so that you know smart people are also happy like there's right in the beginning you know we do the the typical what's your favorite scary movie and you're thinking you know slashers and the girl's like the babadook and I'm like really you're like 15 are you serious (laughs) okay that's fair yeah she likes the pretentious one she even says that she Mm -hmm. likes the artsy pretentious ones and I was like "Uh uh-huh (laughs) yeah same girl same and then when when this killer starts killing also you know obviously Dewey's involved we have these two sisters and that's the kind of new dynamic here we have two killers and then we have two sisters this was an interesting choice. I was wondering how they were going to bring everyone back and start these killings again, because Scream always connects everything, mm-hmm. right? Like in the fourth one, it was, well, her fucking cousin or something. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we know about the second one and it just, you know, everything is all connected. And in this one, we find out that the young girl that got attacked, her older s- sister is actually her half sister and her half sister's father is Billy Loomis. And so somebody knows that and is victimizing them. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, turns out to be the older sister's boyfriend and the younger sister's best friend because they met on a subreddit for stab fans and figured all this shit out. And Yeah. And Dewey calls it like right off the bat. He's oh, like, yeah. you can't trust anybody. But what that 
That pisses me off, too, because there's... Dewey dies in this movie, and, you know, they try to make it a, a sad thing. And I know even Amanda was sad in the film, but I or in the, the theater, but I was not because it was super fucking dumb he's made it through four movies he even called it right off the fucking bat but instead he has to have this dramatic like he helps these people nobody helps him he's got fucking ghost face on him and nobody fucking kicks him nothing Dude. and they had a gun too i yeah. think yeah. yeah so he finally shoots ghost face only in the chest of course and then he's helping them out of this hospital into an elevator and then he like presses the button for it to go down and he's like you have to shoot him in the head and she's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's like, it matters to me. And he walks <laughs> over there. And it's like the most dramatic thing ever. Like the music and everything. It's slow-mo. So dramatic. He walks over to where Ghostface is laying and gets ready to shoot him. And instead is distracted by his fucking phone and gets gutted. Yeah, it was Dumb. Like good gutting too. Like He's made it through all this shit. Dumb. And it was yeah, it like, was. when I say good, I mean bad. Like, Ghostface stuck that fucking knife in and then slid it all the way up. So he was basically like, you know, his entrails are falling out. And yeah. That it's an honor. And I was like, whoa, nice. Yeah, the, kill, <laughs> the kills in this were fucking good. They were really good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sad because it's Dewey. You know, it's Dewey. Yeah. I like Dewey. He's the one. I, I, like wish, I wish Gail would have been killed. You know, like, I can right. live without Gail. She even got shot. <laughs> that was the yeah. that one irritated me too. I was talking to Amanda. Literally at the end, we have Sydney and Gail, and you know they're trying to save the day. Gail gets fucking shot in the side, and Sydney's like, "We gotta get you to the hospital." And she's like, "No, we're gonna finish this." And then Sydney gets stabbed in her abdomen like four fucking times. She gets yeah. stabbed a lot. And all, all the other people at the party that survived are going in ambulances to the hospital. And these two motherfuckers are just sitting there with blankets around their shoulders like, we fine. I didn't get shot. You didn't get stabbed. We're good. No shit. Also, I just wanted to mention as like a just a nod to horror fans about how big of a deal this release was before I forget because I read this and I forgot about it, but I, I pulled it back up. So Spider-Man... No Way Home. Is that what it's called? Hold on. I think so. Spider-Way. Yeah. The new Spider-Man film was a big fucking, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. A big fucking deal, right? Mm-hmm. Scream dethroned its opening weekend. I wouldn't even doubt. That's part of yeah. why I was thinking that they didn't really care that it was going to be in January. They were like, people are going to come see Scream. They're going to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did. It got a $30.6 million opening weekend, which, you know, I, the only... It's not that I doubt people, but like Marvel, regardless of COVID and anything, Marvel's always going to bring in the fans because Marvel has a really solid fan base and it's Marvel and it's Spider-Man. And so aside from Marvel, Spider-Man has its own fan base. And plus they have like, they brought back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. So then you have also generations of Spider-Man fans, right? Mm -hmm. Now Scream does the same thing. And I'm not saying it doesn't because there are generations of Scream fans, right? But especially during COVID and with it being a reboot and things like that, I was just a little like how excited I couldn't gauge how excited people were online because mm -hmm. I follow a lot of like, you know, like news outlets like Bloody Disgusting and stuff. And of course, they're going to write about it, but it's hard to gauge like a general fandom excitement on that. I think people were like nervously excited, like yeah. low key excited. That was me. Like I, I was fully expecting this to bomb. But also kind of like maybe it would be good. Yeah. Yeah. 
and all and all back to the stabbing part I just needed to bring the box office thing up because that makes me like weirdly proud, you know, like, <laughs> well, especially for horror, like, yeah, yeah. that's Dethroning awesome. Spider-Man. That's a big deal. That was a, he, that was probably the, like a huge, huge, one of the biggest films that's going to come out for, you know, mm-hmm. the next probably six months with Spider-Man. So anywho, the stabbings in this movie, they are done with, they got to the point where I was like, Every time we stab someone, are we just going to go one, two, three, four, yeah, five, six? So I was like, many. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. And they were like, like we had one in broad daylight. The fucking, oh, I don't yeah. know if she's the sheriff anymore, but basically we had Sheriff Judy. Hicks. Yeah. yeah. From the fourth one, she comes back in this and she's Wes's mom and that's really cool. But she gets fucking stabbed on the goddamn sidewalk broad fucking daylight yeah ain't no neighbors out seeing that no like, what the hell and it's like dinner time too it's probably like what five something yeah it's pretty bright out still and that one did frustrate me in the fact that she's literally talking to Ghostface. she has just left her house to go get dinner left her son at home he's taking a shower so she can't get a hold of him she's talking to Ghostface. she calls in the middle of this she calls dispatch and says get everybody over to my house in that meantime, she runs home. She gets stabbed to death. Well, we're still like, oh, she called the cops, though. They're going to be there any moment. They can save her son. Nah. No. They still don't get there in time. And I'm like, what the fuck? That <laughs> Where was, are you guys? Yeah, I think that was actually the most frustrating thing about the film. It's like a very small detail, but she's like, everyone yeah. converge on my house right now. You know, in that small community of Woodsboro, there's a cop, like, a few miles by. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, it's and not like they're that far. Yeah, and if a fellow officer is saying, get to my house right the fuck now, like, you're going to get there right the fuck now. While there's a serial killer that's been, you know, duplicated however many times in the past, like, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, this was my tiny little frustration. When she gets the call from Ghostface, she makes an abrupt fucking Yui to go home, turns on her light and makes a Yui and cuts this guy off who is walking on, on the crosswalk. She doesn't almost kill him or anything but she definitely cuts him off he fucking yells at her what the shit (laughs) are you fucking kidding me right now you're gonna yell at the cop with the sirens going that's probably going to save someone because they cut you off you're a jerk yeah yeah you know i have seen some cops flip on their lights and run red lights though and then flip them right off so you never know that's true but but there is a serial killer on the loose here and it's a small fucking town do they do that yeah Yeah, i don't know yeah no yeah yeah Another small little thing was the device of Billy Loomis being used as a father. That's fine. The little bit of a reach there for me, though, was his daughter, like, having to take antipsychotics because she keeps seeing Mm -hmm. him and hearing him and things like that. That was a little bit of a stretch for me. I don't think that it was necessarily needed, I think that they maybe wanted Billy Loomis's character to get some screen time and bring him back, which they did a great job of aging mm-hmm. him back, by the way. But part of that is just because he's so attractive, just like <laughs> as a human being. But they, you know, she's taking uh, pills throughout this whole movie and you figure out that she like sees and hears her dead father talk to her and like, you know, she, her biggest fear is like becoming like him Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so that was just a little tiny, like a little bit of a stretch for me, I guess. I didn't like hate it, I guess, but it was just kind of weird. Yeah. In 
kind of conjunction with that. I hated the fact, so basically you find out her mom got pregnant in high school with Billy, but she was dating some other dude and told that dude that this was her baby, so they got married. 13 years later, 13 years later, she finds this out and confronts her mom about it and doesn't realize that her dad's behind her. And he fucking leaves. Peace, I'm out. He leaves because this woman lied to him for so long. He now has, first of all, at 13 years, you've been with that child for 13 fucking years. I can't say that enough. That is your fucking child. And he fathered a second one with her. And he just fucking bails. Oh, yeah. Douche. That is, abso- oh, absolutely. That's some deadbeat shit right there. That's your kid. Yeah. Like, I know that that's heartbreaking and. Okay, but get a divorce. You don't just fucking leave everyone. Right. That that was not her fucking fault. No, absolutely not. So, you know, that, but they needed it for the movie. I know. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it's just some of those little frustrating things, but that's just any movie. And once again, any slasher is going to have them. Overall, it was a really fun ride. I liked how these people actually fought back. There were two characters that were so fucking funny the whole time. One of them is the boyfriend who ends up being the bad guy. He's fucking hilarious. And the movie buff girl, I loved her. She was fucking great. Yeah, I really liked her too. And in the fourth one, they have this whole thing about gays surviving. And like one of the only survivors was the lesbian. <laughs> yes, I loved her. She was yes. so good. Because they're like, it's, you know, the anniversary of Scream and her uncle fucking died. And what's she doing? She's watching the stab movie that is his movie. And she's literally yelling at it like he did with fucking... Ghost face behind her is it's just so good. It was so good. Yeah, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. For me, like, honestly, I know this seems kind of high, but probably a solid four for my personal enjoyment. I really liked it. Agreed. Absolutely. I don't have enough to complain about to get it under a four. Like, it was solid. It was super fun. I'm glad this was our first hype. And I mean, it's better than the other reboots that we've seen. This was great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's a really good nod to the rest of the series. I think they did a great nod to Wes Craven. And I'm not saying that every film that needs a reboot, like I said, I think Scream has a very specific, was set up for success by Wes Craven to do reboots. Mm -hmm. And Halloween was not as much neither is Friday the 13th and so they have some challenges that they have to overcome with how they're going to do that because they're not a tongue-in-cheek horror film you know those Halloween Friday the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street those just we're talking about those slashers that have been rebooted you know so they do have some more challenges than Scream does but Scream just like it still could have been bad 100% and it wasn't Mm -hmm. absolutely So, so kudos to them was really solid. I definitely recommend you go see it. It is not on streaming as of yet, but we have seen that after things are in theaters for a while, a streaming service will get them, especially because of the pandemic. So if you're patient, it may go to someone like HBO. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like we went on a Friday morning and there were people in the theater, but it wasn't too, too bad. So, you know, you just got to kind of time time it right exactly. so you know definitely recommend going seeing and supporting this film and as always thank you so much for being here and supporting us you can find us on all of our social medias everything is the extra sisters podcast except for twitter which is at the extra sisters and we are starting our new patreon journey this year we have revamped the five dollar tier and it is now including video of us if that's something that interests <laughs> you 
hopefully we work out those kinks because we've never done that before so bear with us as we figure that out but if you'd like to go over there and join it and see the shit show patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast and to our patrons of course as always we appreciate you Yes, and we also have a new series this year that requires some of your guys' input. Uh, We just did an episode already called We Need to Talk About Kevin for our Scarus series. And, you know, we're still looking for those. So if you have any that you think will give us nightmares that are just going to mess with us for a while, please send those in. And until next time, stay creepy. Stay creepy.